once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all. And blew it. Left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves and Rob McFarland. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. Um, my name's Rob McFarlane, and this is a movie podcast that we started because our mental health was in the bin, and we, being men, needed some sort of excuse to talk to each other every week that wasn't just being friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best summation for this podcast I've ever yeah. heard. <laughs> so uh, whilst what we're doing is really important, we'll get to that very quickly. Just, just off the bat, let's ask the real question. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Ben? Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm fine, I guess. Oh, that doesn't. Yeah, I'm sound not mad. Good. I'm having a wobble. I'm having a wobble. You having a wobble? I'm having a wobble. You know those weeks, yep. where everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Murphy's Law, yeah, yeah. And then that week lasts for like three months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. tell you what, should we talk about a movie? And, and- first off. Yeah. Before we get into the movie. Yeah. How are you, babe? Oh, I've been in pain for two weeks straight. I've gone from stomach throwing demons out of me both ends to burning my hand so hard that I had to hold something cold for 40 hours <laughs> uh, to my face swelling up with a dental abscess on the nerve of my face. Mm-hmm. And then I lifted a crate of chickpeas wrong, pinched my lumbar nerve, which means if I stand wrong, my legs give out and I'm <laughs> spasming pain. Um <laughs> Mate, that, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a bit sad. You've genuinely got problems, you know what I mean? Yeah, but here's the thing, and we'll get into this in the movie. Something being on fire means, do you know what? I, if I'm in a bad mood, I can just go, yeah, I know why. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that thing I do. If, I, if my mental health's really bad, mm-hmm. I like to go for a run, right? Gross, but continue. Because it reminds me that it's not just my mental health that's in the bin. It's mainly my physical <laughs> health. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> I just... oh my mentals feel sad i'm gonna go for a run three minutes in no i'm all dead <laughs> yeah, all yeah, exactly. dead all I'm like, broken oh, i thought i was just i had mental no 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 no. i'm just unhealthy that's actually a fucking great i'm gonna go for a run after yeah this. exactly mate and yeah, then you just mate, go oh Mac, i'm so much i'm so much less physically fit than i am mentally that yeah, really yeah, concentrating on my mental health is is the worst thing i could do um awesome that sounds like a great cop out. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. go for it. <laughs> Let's agree to uh, come back to how you feel after we've talked about yeah. the lovely movie yeah. that we've watched this week. Oh, we're back into Krista fucking Nolan. Krista fucking Nolan. Bow, bow, bow. Krista bow, fucking bow, bow, Nolan bow. series. Um, thanks again for bringing this to the table. We're now up to <laughs> Inception. Inception. Yeah. So this was a weird one for me because I remember going to see this at the cinema <laughs> uh, when it first came out. And bear in mind, back then, I'm not a Nolan fan. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, were you moaning all the way to that fucking screening as well? <laughs> no, I just, I just didn't. Oh. 
This is going to be shit. I fucking hate this guy. These aren't like the chin-wanky kind of, oh, did you know that Memento is actually in reverse? Yeah, genius. <laughs> it's on the fucking DVD case. It's not those guys. Right, but I'd, okay. I'd, I'd grown up a bit. Right, got a yeah. group of friends. We all went. It was great. We had some fun debates, you know? Yep. Is it real? Ooh, is it not? Yep. Was he dreaming? Was he not? Nice. And I think the first question I want to ask you, Rob, is one that we had back then. Yeah. Is it all in limbo? Uh, it might all be in limbo. Yeah, we'll get back. We'll come back into that. But that's just just to have that little that little nugget on your brain. Yeah. Okay. That's gonna stump me because you keep talking while I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna cool. read the IMDb synopsis. Right. The Nolan IMDb synopsis are the best things that exist. IMDb says this is a thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream sharing technology. Okay is given the task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO, but his tragic past may doom the project and his team to disaster. That's banging! Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a great synopsis, but at the same time, it's ruining my fun. <laughs> like, where are the shitty ones that we had before, man? The shitty ones are what made it great. I feel like we might need to move on from IMDb, because they're too fucking competent. Yeah, fuck it. We need to find, like, just some sort of... like We need to find, like, the most... Small time. The most incompetent synopsis ever. That's what we need. I've got it. Literally, you literally just wrote it, right? That's what you always give. Amazon reviews. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, they're they're fuck, they're going to be rife. Brush over my my deep insult and, and no, I heard it. I'm just very sad. And I didn't want it to cut as deep as it was going to, so I'm gonna I'm gonna metaphorically run past that one. Okay, yeah, yeah. By all means, by all means. I have written a synopsis. Okay, you have. Uh, it's not as good as that, which is upsetting because that is that was going to be the highlight of my episode. All right, good yeah. stuff. None. Taken. I would describe in. <laughs> <laughs> I already feel better. There like, we go. hit record, what, five minutes ago? I feel better. <laughs> Thank you. I would describe Inception as an incredibly well-written action sci-fi film with an insane cast playing out what could be called a thinking man's James Bond plot. Huge action keeping you on the edge of your seat, mind-bending sci-fi challenging your understanding of time and reality itself. All of this served with enough heart and soul to keep it relatable, and on top of this, Nolan leaves enough room for you to make your own interpretations and perceive what you want to. This is a truly unmissable experience. I'm really confused by that. Tell me why. Because it sounds like you enjoyed this film. Yeah, I really did. Oh, nice. Good. Okay, good. Yeah, good. when I saw it in the cinema, I did not. It was oh, debating. Okay. Like, the yeah, the yeah, main yeah. debate was, what the fuck are we doing with our lives? And the second one was, is it all just a fucking dream? Was it all in limbo? And that's what stumped us. So Nolan had made The Dark Knight at this point, right? Heath Ledger. He had. Christian Bale. Huge cinematic thing. Mm. He'd proven that his stewardship of the Batman universe was the best fucking thing to happen since the invention of... Yeah, he ruined Batman forever. Yeah, he set the Nolan bar far too that. high. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's ridiculous. Why get Nolan to do a Batman <laughs> film this early on? <laughs> let's, get, let's get like a few more decades out of the way, then get him in. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. So he'd done that, and uh, he said, right, okay, outside of the comic book universe, I made Prestige, that was 40 mil, just a small little story, I turned it into a good chunk of cash for you, 110 mil Hmm. I made for you, so I've got this kind of timey-wimey, four different layers of reality story that I want to tell with a huge cast, 
mm-hmm. and it's going to cost a hundred. It's going to cost you a hundred and sixty million. <sighs> so the studio gave him a hundred and sixty million dollars. Jesus Christ! It's okay. He turned it into eight hundred and thirty-six for him. I mean, he's barely scraping it, isn't he? Pushing his luck there, bud. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. 800 and, 800 and what? $36 million this made. That's fucking disgusting. That is actually eye-watering. What's more eye-watering about that is that this is not a simple good guys and bad guys race to get object that controls universe story. And when no. you think about it, so many fucking blockbusters are that. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh, here's a thing that's insanely powerful. Oh, let's get it before the bad guys do. Yeah. Oh no, the bad guys have it. Don't worry, we got it back. It's all better. Yeah, it's not that. <laughs> it's... Okay, you mean it's not Phase One of the, <laughs> cin- the Marvel Cinematic Universe, no? Or Phase Four? Let's fa- let's let's face it. I mean, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At this point, just throw it all into the fan. You know what I mean? Whatever sticks, sticks. Who gives a shit? <laughs> this ended up getting its own entire South Park parody episode. It was incredible. Such a hugely sort of influential movie. That's the highest honor. A hundred percent. Entire episode devoted to your movie. You know that you you know that you've touched the cultural zeitgeist when other media properties can base themselves on you knowing full well that their audience is going to know what they're talking about. Yeah. Without ever saying your name, right? <laughs> this is why the Matrix is still parodied like today. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? By people yeah. like Andrew Tate. Uh he's <laughs> 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 But this this oh. this being an original property with a mature story that trusts its audience to be able to follow along. Yeah. For me is arguably what was sort of Nolan's first entry into the director-writer Hall of Fame because it wasn't within an existing franchise. You know, Memento was a great... Interesting. This guy's really got promise, indie film. The Prestige was great writing, but this one was great writing in 836 million pounds and everybody in the world saw it to the point where South Park could make an episode. It's like... I hear you. All right, this guy's guy's A-team. You know, this is where he joins the Avengers of directors. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you. I feel like my soul is disagreeing with you because it's... Yeah. I f- for me personally, yep. and this is not a bad thing about Inception whatsoever, I feel like going from Prestige, yep. which was his last like mm-hmm. you know standalone movie, yep. to this, it's not a step back, it's a sidestep. Mm-hmm. It is. You go from following to Memento, and it's yeah, a yeah. fucking enormous leap forward. <laughs> just a you, bit. Yeah, you, yeah. Just eye-wateringly yeah, yeah. big. You go from Memento to Prestige. Even bigger, like, yeah, yeah. incomparable length of a stride forward, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you go from Prestige to Inception. It's like, it's great. Like, mm-hmm. the writing's great, but it's a bit of a sidestep. And it's it's a sidestep because I feel like the, the writing has changed direction let's come okay let's come back to that because i think it's a good point and i think it's a good point that's going to be very clearly demonstrated Mm -hmm. by us doing our little segment where we go through the plot of the film okay so that listeners know what the fuck we're talking about later when we're trying to analyze it right 100 percent. because whereas the prestige was a difficult one do you remember when we did memento and we're like this is going to be a fun one to explain what the fuck we're talking about. Yes. And then then we did the prestige and we we're like, and then twist, but then twist and then twist. And this was like a fucking mm-hmm. Greg's cheese twist of a movie. Yeah. But your point about the writing, I think, is going to be demonstrated by the enjoyment I will get watching you try and explain what happens in this film 
okay. in less than two and a half hours that the, that the original film takes. <laughs> I think I've nailed it. Just, okay. uh, just an FYI. If you, uh, again, dear listener, spoiler warning is at the beginning of the episode, yes. but we always implore you to please watch the movie if you yeah. haven't seen it yet, because we are going to spoil the shit out of it. And it's so good. It's really good, but this film is almost yeah. old enough to join the army, so get fucked with your complaints. Like yeah, you've had no time. complaining. If you wanted to yeah. see it, you had time. All right. Yeah, yeah. This is just a courtesy call. All right. The pause button's there. Yeah. Now yeah, I'm going to ruin it for you. Now, now ruin it for him. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Carbon Arthur, a skilled extractors, mm-hmm. loose air quotes, who perform corporate espionage by infiltrating targets' dreams. Ooh. Saito offers Cobb a job to perform an inception on Robert the heir to a rival energy empire, planting the idea to dismantle his soon-to-be-dead father's empire. Yep. Cobb accepts this job yep. to clear his criminal record and be reunited with his children. Yeah, this film sort of opens with Cobb and Arthur trying to nick corporate secrets from Saito, who's a fucking energy magnate who's got a shitload of money, mm-hmm. and they basically fuck the job up. He tracks them down, and he's like, they do. I, I'm not going to kill you, I'm not going to do any of that even though you have literally been inside my head which is a bit well i say a bit mad rapey what i'm gonna do (laughs) instead is i'm gonna hire you to put an idea in someone's brain which everyone says can't be done but Cobb, played by leonardo dicaprio is like fucking can yes it fucking can can be done mate so Cobb assembles a team including eames a charming forger you say eames i say ames we can say both we can say both uh yeah you say both Yusuf, a talented chemist who is suspiciously good <coughs> drug dealer. <coughs> drug dealer. at making go-to-sleep juice mm. from scratch yeah, in yeah. his basement. Just saying <laughs> some guy was, he was unattractive in his 20s. How did he get into that line of work? Do you know what I'm really good at? Making date rape. <laughs> I'm just, it's just a natural talent that I was born with. Uh, Yusuf, mate, you maybe want to not yell that in a supermarket, but they just sell all the stuff to make it right here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then we've got Arthur, an experienced extraction planner. And then finally, I can, I'm going to struggle with this name. Ariadne. It's a fucking dyslexic Ariadne. It's a dyslexic nightmare to read it on a fucking screen because <laughs> all I'm seeing is Adrian. <laughs> and Adrian, a dream architect. No, Ariadne, uh, played by Elliot Page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, They plan to traverse three dream layers to accomplish the Inception mission. Yeah. So the the idea being that the the if you fall if you go into a dream within a dream, it's like a it's a layer of consciousness deeper. Yes. And uh, the the deeper into the subconscious you go the less likely it is that the target will reject the idea as not their own because it will be more innate to them. But it has to come from the target, so you can only influence the target to get to that decision. You can't just walk up to them and say, hey, buddy, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're going to reject it immediately. Yeah. So this is where my first point of the writing, Mm -hmm. the questionable writing comes in. Not questionable writing, sorry. Um, (laughs) Fucking hell, all right. Missed opportunities. Ben could do better. (laughs) I did. And if you'll let me explain how. They criminally right. missed an opportunity to call this team of Inception people mm-hmm. the Incepticons. So for the rest of this, I will be referring to the team mm-hmm. as the Incepticons. Okay, yeah. No, I I I was gonna mock you and make you feel bad, but the Incepticons but- is so good that <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit angry. 
right? Yeah, because you've made this film a little bit worse for me, and it is among yeah. one of my favourites. Oh, man, that, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Just here to help, buddy. In Dream Layer 1, they face Robert's trained projections, his subconscious projections. Yeah, yeah. And they encounter Limbo, a realm of infinite subconsciousness. So there's this whole thing where they think, oh, you know, if, if it all goes wrong, we'll just kill ourselves in the dream and we'll wake up. Yeah. Turns out that uh, Cobb, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. in order to go that many layers deep, has got Yusef, the chemist, to give them, like, super heroin. Chemist in loose air quotes, though. So if they die yeah. in the dream, they'll just they'll just go down to limbo, which is basically nearly impossible to get out of. Eames impersonates Robert's godfather, introducing the idea of a secret will from his father mm-hmm. uh, to dissolve the company. Ariadne discovers Cobb's troubled past with his late wife, Mal, and how she framed him for murder. Yeah, I mean, she did it pretty incredibly by calling like four or five people and leaving written records of him being abusive and all this sort of stuff. I'm really worried about him. I think he's going to try and kill me. She got set as like clinically sane by three different psychologists. Yeah, yeah. And then basically kills herself and is like, kill yourself with me. Otherwise, you're going to be down for murder. It's, it's, yeah, she it's such framed a- the whole thing. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Trust issues like one hundred and one. Yeah. This was is a tough watch at this point for me because I'm literally like, uh-huh. this is why I'm struggling. Yep. <laughs> dream layer two. They navigate Arthur's hotel dream in an amazing fucking sequence. By oh, the way, I, got I some have questions about that. this yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is why we work, buddy. Yes. And convinces Robert that he's been kidnapped by Browning, his godfather. Yep. To prevent the company's dissolution. They're trying to basically create... Because he believes that positive emotions are more powerful than negative ones. They're going to try and reconcile him with his father, who he had a difficult time with. And the way they do that is by by sort of creating distance between him and his godfather. And then they go down into Dream Layer 3. Dream Layer 3, which is within an alpine fortress. <coughs> Literally just choked on nothing. <clears throat> Dream Layer 3 Within an alpine fortress They attempt the inception Whilst also synchronising the kicks To enable the Incepticons To return to their reality Well the kick thing is In order to sort of be woken up By an external person Who's, who's getting person, woken up, sorry? The Inceptacons In order yep, for the sorry, Inceptacons to be woken yep. up Thank The you. sensation of falling Works on the inner ear And it will mm. wake you up So if you're asleep in a chair And someone tips your chair back You'll wake up, right? And so what they're trying to do is create in every layer of these dreams, not only within the dream, but within the dream within a dream and the dream within a dream within a dream, they Mm -hmm. are trying to synchronize three falling moments so that the entire team can come up from the deep layer of the dream back to reality all in one beautiful movement. Marl kills Robert and Saito dies, leading Cobb and Ariadne to venture into limbo to retrieve them both. Yeah, and Mal is uh, is essentially Leonardo DiCaprio Cobb's baggage. You know, she's in the dream because she's a sort of figment of his subconscious. It's his projection. Yeah, yeah exactly, that, that's going around. And she yeah. constantly tries to fuck the missions up. She succeeds in this case, and they've got to go down into limbo intentionally to, to kind of fix things. Yeah. Um, so Ariadne brings Robert back up to Dream Layer 3 just in time for the Inception to take place. And it works and it's beautiful. It works perfect. It, uh, they managed to get the Inception, the idea planted before yep. the kick triggers. Cobb fulfills his agreement with Saito 
So he does track down Saito, yeah, except for Saito's yeah, been yeah. in limbo for like fucking years <laughs> and years. He is a raisin of yeah, a man. Yeah, he went he down really there is. a grape, he came out a raisin. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> been there a while. Cobb brings him back. They all wake up on the plane. Yep. Cobb is cleared through immigration. Yeah. Saito keeps his end of the deal, makes a phone call from the plane. Cobb reunites with his kids, and he's no longer relying on the totem, on his totem, to mm-hmm. determine his reality because it no longer matters to him. And the totem is uh, is is key to this. So the totem is yeah. uh, how do you know if you're dreaming or if what you're doing is real? So you have. You have an object that you know the weight and the sensation of and all this sort of stuff. Unique to you. No one else knows anything about it. Exactly. It's like your your secret password, right? Yeah. Cobbs is a little spinning top. And when he spins it in the dream, it never stops spinning. And in reality, it will fall over. And Mm. at the end of the film, he's with his kids. Everything's turned out perfect. And he spins the totem to check if this is a dream or real. Gets distracted by his kids, goes to hang out with them. We zoom in really slowly on the spinning top. And it does a little wobble, tiniest wobble, and then continues spinning. And then we cut to the credits. We never find out. And this was a big source of debate. Yeah. Right? Huge. Is he still in the dream? Is he still in the dream? But as you asked me, is this all in limbo? I, it could be. This is the... Okay. I know the answer to this. Right. How come? Now... Going well, back yeah. and doing your looking research. at it from 2023, doing the research, obviously, for the podcast. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, yeah. I have my answer and I have my 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 proof right. that only means that it matters to me. If it doesn't, yeah, yeah. if that's not the case for you, that's you are entirely correct. Yep. Because this film is whatever the fuck you want it to be. And this is why I kind of love Nolan. Yeah. Because he's very precise, mm-hmm. but he's also so fucking vague. <laughs> at, the, at the exact same time, it's it's infuriating. I feel incredible. I feel like Nolan's very precise about what he wants to say. Yeah. But he leaves you the room to feel however you want to feel about what he said. Yeah, 100%. He doesn't tell you how to interpret what he's saying. As long as what he wants to say is off his chest, mm-hmm. he says it incredibly eloquently, he says it incredibly excitingly. Mm-hmm. But what you get from it is what you get from it, and that's, that's for you. Yeah. You know, art, there's that thing of like art existing in the sort of space between the artist and the audience. You know, that it's it's, it's a little thing sure. that's between them. And I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can, I get that. So the whole limbo thing, yeah. the debate that we had when we came out of the cinema was we never know whether it stopped spinning or not. So it could have just been a dream. It, it might not have been a dream. Yeah. Um, but then you start thinking about, well, if him and Mal mm-hmm. were experimenting with the, the dream-sharing technology and they end up in limbo where one night is 50 years... Yeah, and there's moments in the film where you get glimpses of them as like an old couple. They've spent, they've grown old together. They've built their childhood houses. They've built their dream houses. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that they want or need or fancy is like buildable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. So what's stopping this all being what Cobb wants? Cobb wants to find yeah. a way out. He wants to find a way to clear his conscience. He wants to find a way to deal with his guilt and deal with his trauma. And this is all just a construct mm-hmm. that he's able to play with, with his subconscious. There's a sentence you use there, which is, this is all just a construct. And I want to flag it now. Okay. Because I love you, and it's important to a later point that I need to make. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think, fundamentally, there's, there's, there was lots of speculation when this came up about where the dream starts, where it ends. Yeah. Are there three 
dream layers? Is it all just Cobb in limbo? Is he in a dream at the end? Is he not? Mm. Fundamentally, I think because this is Cobb's story, and I think he's the character who has the the, the sort of most well-fleshed-out arc, that end scene, whether he's dreaming or not, doesn't matter. Because he's where he wants to be. I agree. Right? I agree. He wants to be with his kids. Now, <laughs> it matters to his real kids if their dad is back or not. Right? Of course. But yeah. to Cobb, Cobb has what he wants. He's he's found peace. The reason he's not got peace is because his wife killed herself. They were experimenting with living in limbo, building these things. Mm-hmm. And after a while, Cobb became dissatisfied with the fact that no matter how good a time they were having, he knew it wasn't real. Yeah. And she was more than happy to stay. Now, obviously, with the dream, when you die in a dream, you wake up. Yes. So he started convincing her that, no, no, you know, we should leave. She's like, I don't want to leave. So he incepted her. He incepticonned her into... Thank you. Your world isn't real, and there's another layer of reality above this. It took, she believed it, they got out of limbo, they're back in the real world, they're with their kids... And what he doesn't realize, and this is so deliciously dark, mm. is that, as they say, an idea is like a virus. You can't get rid of it. Yeah. And she's then sat there going, this isn't real. Those aren't my real another kids. There's this. another layer above yeah. this. We should kill ourselves. And it's all we his... Die, we just yeah, wake up. it's all his fault. And so he's left with this incredible baggage where every time he now goes on a mission, every time he has to do a job... He's got this big old weight of guilt that manifests itself as the personification of his wife, who is the version of his wife we see throughout the film. I couldn't help but notice yeah. that it's a it's a little bit sinister. Yeah, that Cobb's totem mm-hmm. is Mull's former totem yeah. that he used to incept her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in Limbo, he span her totem, mm-hmm. which gave the gave her the idea that this is a dream. There it's is what another he used to prove, it's what he used to prove that it that, that yeah. they were dreaming. Except you know? for because when they were dreaming, when mm-hmm. he incepted her, her totem doesn't stop spinning mm-hmm. when they're in a dream. So <laughs> the fact <laughs> that he span it yep. in a dream, in in their shared dream, yeah. knowing it would never stop. Uh. I don't understand how you wouldn't go, oh, maybe <laughs> that might just never stop spinning. Uh. But then to also go, I need a totem. Uh, I know what's worked really well in the past. <laughs> the one that made my wife kill herself. <laughs> I'll just pocket that, and then that'll tell me whether I'm in a dream or not. It is dark. It is dark. But I, It's sinister as fuck. i tell you why it works, though, is mm-hmm. I was watching this, and there were all sorts of sinister undertones being kicked up that I'd not experienced the first time I watched it. Same. And I realized... It was a way darker movie than I remember. Way darker And I was like... And do you know why that is for me? I think it's because I've got a little bit more life experience under my belt than when I watched it when I was in my late teens, early 20s. uh, Early 20s, right? That might be it, man. And I think I fundamentally recontextualized the word dream. There's a scene... Interesting. There's a scene where they go into Yusuf's basement and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of people on beds with fucking IVs in their oh. arm, God, dreaming, yeah. right? And it's so dressed like an opium den. It's so dressed like a crack house, right? 
There's yeah, the old yeah. dude looking after them. He's like the mother from Train Spotting, right? And uh, it's just oh, that's a fucking rough comparison, <laughs> man. <laughs> Jesus. But you know, yeah, the Scottish, the Scottish guy who runs the the, the junkie den yeah, in Train Spotting, yeah. you know. The, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> having you and I both having had dream careers, you know, when we first watched this film, yeah, we were aspiring to be what we eventually became. I wanted to be uh, a record producer and a sound engineer and work with big studios. Mm-hmm. And I did. And everything ended up on fire. And there were lots of things that went wrong because I had unresolved bullshit that I hadn't dealt with. Yeah. But that's fine because I just kept living the dream. Yeah, yeah. I was living the dream. Doesn't matter. I had my aspirations. And coming out of coming out of that dream with it all on fire and going... Oh, okay. There was unresolved stuff that I should have dealt with, and there was stuff that that whole context of this movie really changed when they're talking about, you know, his dreams turning on him. That's so fucking poignant. It's (laughs) unreal. I I escaped dealing with my shit Mm -hmm. for for a full decade. Yeah, by going, I can just define myself. Yep. With my job title and my my salary mm-hmm. and my bank account, the amount of money both of us were making was obscene. <laughs> and I don't like thinking about it anymore, man. Because now I'm sitting in an office, <laughs> yeah, yeah, staring at the same four yeah, walls yeah, yeah. for five days a week, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> maybe I go back to yeah. it. <laughs> but no, that's it's yeah. fucking brutal because the fact that like like you said, everything does eventually end up on fire and everything turns and then on you. all the, your left your projections with, turn on you but the moment that you do escape that like fucking building that's on fire mm-hmm. you are left in limbo who am i where am i yeah. what am i doing oh shit i'm sitting at a dinner table yeah. with the one thing that i've been trying to avoid for the last 10 years yeah. and you have to deal with it yeah and that's the only way to get out of limbo and i'm in no way saying that i'm out of that limbo <laughs> no, no, no. i'm like fucking knee deep in limbo man I'm, I'm trudging through trying to get out but still i think that's why this was a darker that's a watch great point Honestly, mate, that's a great point. I didn't even fucking think of it that way, to be honest. I got the whole dream job mm-hmm. thing, but it was more sort of adjacent to your point. Cobb's dream of getting back to his family. Yeah. Uh, it's it's always a very nice dream to have, yep. but it's also a very fucking big commitment mm-hmm. and a big risk and a huge amount of trauma that goes with it that needs to be dealt with before he gets to it, right? Yeah. So rather than doing that... He's like, fuck, okay, um, I can do it. I just need to do this. I need to work my way back there. Yep. I need to do this one job. Yep. And, that, you know, like his dream job always, because it, he's in dreams. He works in dreams. He works in dreams. So it's always, I just need to do this one last job. You mm-hmm. know, the last dream job, the last dream job. Oh, no, 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 this is the dream job, the next dream job. And it's always something that involves lots of risk, like our lifestyles mm-hmm. did. Lots of excitement, mm-hmm. like our jobs did. And where they're, you're running away from a tiger and therefore all the stuff that you should be doing gets put on the back burner because I'd love to work on my demons, but I can't because I'm running away from a tiger. Fuck me, that hits deep, I'd man. love I'm, to I'm, get I'm, back I told to you I was having a sad one, right? And we, cho- we had to do this film this week. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You, oh. you're, you're right. You, you know, he, he could have worked on getting back to his family a number, any number of ways, mm. but he chooses to do it via the dream job. That's yeah. full of risk and excitement. It's just what, and it's that selfish thing of, you know, it's like Nathan Drake and Uncharted. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're happily married, but instead you just choose to run off and do adventure because selfish. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm never going to play that yeah, game the same way ever again. <laughs> but all right, thanks for that, man. Thanks for that. I mentioned the writing a little bit earlier. Yeah. And I feel like I don't want to be a negative Nancy about it, right? You can be. I don't want to be a negative Nelly. Look, your experience of this film is your experience of this film. Ain't, ain't no one can tell you that it's wrong. It is. But it's a fucking incredible film. And it's written amazingly. But I think my problem is, is that compared to The Prestige, where if you look at the characters in The Prestige... Yes. Nikola Tesla, David Bowie, beautiful, beautiful Bowie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is in the film for about a minute and a half. But everything yeah. that he is about, all of his struggles, yeah. his financial restraints, his, his troubles with Edison, the fact that he's being shunned scientifically, mm-hmm. the fact that he's being shunned societally, all of that shit... Folds into the beautiful origami that is the movie. and It's, yeah. it's all there. Yeah. And it's, he's, he's there for a minute and a half, but his entire story is running throughout. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this one, the characters are a little bit thinner. Yep. In the fact that Cobb and Mal Mm -hmm. are rounded out to a point. Yep. Cobb's really rounded out, to be fair. He's he's an incredibly written character. Mal is more rounded out than the other Incepticons. Yep. Um, But then you've got like Arthur, Eames, Mm -hmm. and Ariadne, who is like, they're, they're just there. You know what I mean? Like they all have their backstories. They all have like. I got a couple of rebuttal experiences. One of them is a technical one, and one of them is a is an in-universe one, right? Yes. So yeah, the writing of the other characters is a lot thinner. You're right to make that point. Eames, uh, Arthur, much thinner. Mal, a little bit more rounded out. Now, on a technical level, you could say that Mm -hmm. it's nice that you're given the opportunity to imagine their backstories. 100% agree with you. You're given the room. You're not being told every detail. It's not relevant to to the central arc. And therefore, that's an opportunity for the viewer to wonder yeah yeah it's great secondly if you want an in-universe uh explanation you're the bloke who okay. said this might all be in limbo so surely they're all just Cobb's projections oh of course oh see <laughs> fucking great there you go it all works out potentially okay, yeah, i know it's you, not limbo you, yeah but yeah. i think what nolan does is he allows the room for those theory, you know, there was this was hugely theorized for years yeah, yeah, yeah. because there were so many valid interpretations and the reason yeah. that that was a valid interpretation for so long mm-hmm. is probably because those characters were so perfunctory in many ways, right? I guess so, man. I didn't even think of it like that. I mean, this took eight years to write. So as soon as he'd done Insomnia, he pitched it. Right. And they went, oh, okay. they went yeah, yeah, cool. He's like, all right, I'll be back. Okay. And then he did Batman Begins. And then he did The Prestige. <laughs> yeah. And then he did The Dark Knight. And then he was like, all right, cool. Finally finished it. Let's cast someone. Yeah. They cast Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo was like, no, nah, this needs a bit of work. So him and Leo worked on it for a number of months. And Leo, sure. Leo made it much more character driven and made it much simpler in terms of like, why? Is he made it much more character driven. <laughs> <laughs> what was it before? <laughs> it was probably more like Tenet, which is a reference you won't get yet, but you will. Um, okay oh god but i do think the characters are weaker and i think the reason is is the prestige is a 40 million film Mm -hmm. and therefore the onus is on it to be an interesting well-written drama yes this is a 160 million dollar (laughs) film yeah i guess and this is this is like like you said a thinking man's james bond film yeah with incredible set pieces this film yes. is, as clever as it is, mm-hmm. 
set piece to set piece to set piece to set piece, right? Yeah. It's like a fucking Call of Duty on Rails game. It's like, okay, okay. now you're here, now you're here, now you're here. Yeah. And the fact that we get from those set pieces so cleverly is just an added mm. bonus. But you've got a fucking train, a literal, physical, actual, non-CGI train going through yeah. a New York street. That's pretty fucking nutty, man. How do you even pitch that to, like... Right, yeah, Can yeah. we film in New York? Oh, my God, yeah, Christopher Nolan, you want to come and film yeah, in yeah. Our, our state? In the, the Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you've got the money for it, I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. great. I'm sorry, you want to do what? <laughs> a, a full freight train <laughs> running down one of the streets. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, just wanted to make sure I caught that yeah, yeah. one before I go is and speak this, to my is boss. Is this going to be like some green boxes on, on wheels? Yeah. No, no, no. It's going to be an actual train because I don't like yeah. to use CGI that much. Yes, dickhead. Andy Circus is busy, so he can't run down the street in a giant costume. In a train uh, costume going choo, In a train choo, costume. Choo. <laughs> Let's be fair, though. Andy Circus would fucking nail that role. Because oh, there, there, there is not a role that Andy Circus cannot nail. He kills it. I'd, I'd watch him as a train. If they remade... Kevin Smith often says if they remade Jaws, I'd get Ben Affleck to play the shark. 100%. I mean, that would just be a good film to watch anyway. Yeah, right? that'd be incredible. <laughs> yeah. Trump and Amy. Yeah, there you go. Sold it. Sell the it. The Corridor Fight with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The one where they're all like zero gravity, fucking floating around. They're fighting midair. We talked about the train mm-hmm. and how it's a literal train. Yeah. So for the scene in this film where there's a 120-foot long corridor where gravity keeps... Basically, the, the dream layer they're in, they're dreaming they're in a hotel. The dream layer above them, they're in the back of a minivan that's being flipped. So gravity yes. in the dream they're in is rotating. Yeah. And so they do some fucking Lionel Richie fucking dance fight on the ceiling of a corridor where literally gravity moves smoothly from the floor mm. to the wall to the ceiling. Ben, how do you think they achieved that? Honestly, mate, I've got no fucking clue. Well, what this is so this is the one bit that I saw mentioned a lot when I was doing my research, and I was like, it's fine, yeah. But what I'd rather have is because you're the Nolan fanboy out of us two, yeah, yeah. And I like seeing you get excited about yeah, this yeah, shit. Yeah. It makes me very happy on the inside. So I I've purposefully skipped oh, over everything. I love you to do with it, so, you, so, so that I can you have can, this moment. You can tell me this, yeah, because it's it means it means more to me this way. This is incredible, right? Nolan built. A 120-foot-long corridor right. inside a giant gimbal inside an aircraft hangar <laughs> and physically span the corridor with the actors inside. Right. The camera is a remote-controlled camera on rails attached to the floor. Right. So they can do all the camera moves as if gravity still exists, but it doesn't. Is the, wait, is the corridor vertical then? No, so the corridor is horizontal. Okay. And they are spinning it like a washing machine with the actors inside. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All of the lighting in the corridor, yeah. they had to use as practical lighting because obviously you can't put stage lights in a, a corridor washing machine. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, so all of that has to be on battery packs because obviously the whole room is spinning. So the cables are just going to get tangled. I mean, I'm sitting here and my headphones have tangled twice yeah, yeah. since hitting record. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so right. that would have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> And can you imagine calling Joseph Gordon-Levitt's insurance company and being like, yeah, cool, Christopher Noah, he can be in your film. You want to do what? (laughs) (laughs) You want to put him in a massive corridor washing machine whilst he's fighting. Okay, yeah, good. Sound. Simple things like the corridor itself is perfectly square. 
So the floor okay. is as wide as the walls are high, right? Yeah. So the speed can stay the same, and it's fine. They can just practice the moves and get into a flow with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fight later then moves into a hotel room, which is much wider than it is tall. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they had to change the speed because the room was 25 foot wide. Okay. So if Joseph Gordon-Levitt fucked up his moves... He's oh, free-falling 25 foot Jesus Christ. down the side of the room. So they had to drop the RPM when it got near vertical so that he had time to get across the floor. What the fuck, man? And then, yeah, zero gravity, which they achieved by doing the building the exact same set but vertically and then hanging him on wires. <laughs> <laughs> so they built... They built it twice. Built three sets. One hor- Yeah, yeah. They- That's disgusting. What the fuck, man? They built a horizontal washing machine corridor horizontal washing machine hotel room and then vertical corridor so that <laughs> it's why um uh, ariadne's hair is up in a bun so they don't have to do zero gravity hair because they they'd have to cgi oh, that oh that's smart all the all the shoelaces and all the toggle all the like loose stuff on the costumes have got um metal wires in them mm. so they can just pose them as if they're in zero gravity. I was going to say, like, their arms and shit, uh, that, like, it proper looks like zero gravity all the way through 100%. Because I, I, when I was watching it, I text you saying, how the fuck has he done this? Because <laughs> yeah. in my mind, right, because knowing how ridiculous Nolan can yeah, be, yeah. I was thinking that he would have just bought the biggest plane in existence <laughs> and built the corridor in And done the whole Vomit Comet thing. Yeah, yeah, the free fall. Yeah, just on Vomit yeah, Comet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it would do, like, you get 30 seconds to, yeah, to yeah. drag him out into the hallway. That's the set done. <laughs> then we go back up to 50,000 feet or whatever yeah, yeah. and then drop it again. I what I love um, about I thought it was going to be something like I that. I love what I love about Nolan is is when it comes to the fireworks that pull you through his complicated plot. Yeah. The little sugary treats that he gives your eyes. Yeah. He always brute forces it. When they say, "Okay, I want to flip a semi truck." And they're like, "Okay, what should we do? Should we get this CGI house? Should we do this? We should do why?" He's like, "Nah." Just flip a semi-truck. Just flip the fucking truck. He like, literally, he, he thinks of a visual effect and then just goes, but we'll just do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I fucking love him, man. He's so weird. He is odd. He is a little posh boy. I hate watching interviews with him. Same. I tried watching one about Oppenheimer the other day and I was like, no. <laughs> I was in a bad mood. So I was like, I can't. Yep. Um, I'm sure he's lovely, but yeah. Maybe closer to the Oppenheimer episode. <laughs> There's a scene where Cobb, Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. is in a dream and he's trying to steal Saito's secrets. He is, yeah. And Arthur, jo- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. is the, the dreamer. So it's his dream. Yeah. He gets shot in the head, so he wakes up. Yeah. So now the dream is collapsing, yeah. right? And they're trying to wake Cobb up, but they can't. Mm-hmm. So they give him a, they give him a kick which yeah, is yeah. like where they drop him into water. And as he's about to drop into the water, there's this scene where Cobb is stood in this huge hall and you hear water rushing mm-hmm. uh, and it cuts between, obviously, like his his reality body about to hit a bathtub full of water. Yeah. And you just, you cut him back into the dream sequence. You get this stunning sequence of water jets just bursting oh, through the windows yeah. all through the top of the... D- I've never been... <laughs> I've never been more impressed with Nolan yeah. this quickly. Yeah then that shot because it blew my fucking mind the way that it was edited yeah. as well was perfection and this is perfection. this is my favorite era of nolan because he's doing some really chin strokey writing yeah and giving you the treats like those water jets yeah, yeah. and uh, you know so the the soundtrack of inception the blah blah 
right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the French song that they play. Slowed down. Slowed right down. The mm-hmm. lyrics of which are thematically relevant because in English, the lyrics are, no, absolutely nothing. I regret nothing. Not the good things that have happened, nor the bad. It's all the same to me. I set fire to my memories. I don't need them anymore. Which is Cobb's <laughs> entire arc. And also... It's the film. Yeah, yeah. And also, his wife, Mal. Do you know what Mal is yeah. the French word for? His French wife, Mal. Yeah. Do you know what Mal is the French word for? Mm, dream. Bad. And she is oh. a dream. She is Cobb's Ooh. bad dream. Ooh. That he has to forget and move on from. And all these little twisty-turny bits of writing played into with these wonderful visual fireworks. And I'm going to come back now to the sentence you said earlier. This is all just yeah. a construct. And why I think this is still a personal film for Nolan. Because okay. every dream is a bit like a film. It's a bit of reality that you get to see. And if you look at the crew that he puts together, mm-hmm. the crew he puts together is Cobb, is the guy who makes all the decisions, decides what's going to happen when, yep. a bit like a director. You- Arthur is the guy who does all the planning and research and pulls those that plan together, a bit like a producer. A bit like producer, yeah. Ariadne designs all of the levels and the sets and makes sure it all looks right. Set designer. Then you've got Eames or Ames who puts on different roles and plays different characters. Actor. And then you've got the guy that funds it all and provides all the money and is ultimately the boss in Saito. Oh my God. So leaving, that would be like the studio, right? Yeah. Leaving Killian Murphy's character Fisher as the audience member. Holy shit, man. It is all just a construct and it's. Nolan's oh fuck Nolan man you know what I mean just all this stuff that comes yeah, out yeah. when I talk to you about Nolan and it's like I'm impressed already <laughs> and then this happens and it's like oh just fuck off all right I was done I was impressed a while ago yeah. what am I supposed to be now back flipping yeah yeah totally especially <laughs> when you consider that the first letters of all the main characters names Dom Robert Eames Arthur Mal and Saito D fucking bin man just get in the bin S and then if you add Peter, Ariadne, and Yusuf, dreams pay. Jesus Christ. And I can tell you how much they pay. It's exactly $831 million. Um, I believe, Rob, if you check your notes, it is $836 million. Oh. <laughs> Five mil Brucey bonus. There you go. I had to write it down earlier because I did not believe it. <laughs> The worst thing about it is, right, is go like back in the day, go back a year, yeah. and I'd be so annoyed at all of that shit. I'd be like, that's the wankiest <laughs> piece of shit I can ever. It just wha- yeah, if yeah. you're gonna do it, right, just masturbate in private like the rest of us. You don't need to do it on an IMAX screen, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair. <laughs> but because you've brought this to the table and you've been showing me these movies, and I'm gaining this mad appreciation for it, left, right, and center, <laughs> I, I can't help but be impressed. And I kind of hate you for it, but I love you. <laughs> But at the same time, I'm having a bit of a meltdown with it, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to know my favourite bit of trivia about this film? I do. I don't know if it's true, but um, in the scene where they're at the cafe and um, Ariadne is discovering that she's in a dream, yep. to get all the effects to go the way that they did, uh, Nolan just bombed Paris. <laughs> 
Again, I don't know if it's true. <laughs> it might be. It might not be. Thing I is, don't know. The thing that makes it so good is it's exactly the sort of thing Nolan would do. See? Yeah. This is what I mean. That's pure TikTok bay, that yeah. is. People would be like, what? No, he didn't. <laughs> oh, he might have done, though. Oh, yeah, no, I already did. Bearing in mind, he's just <laughs> completed filming Oppenheimer that features a nuclear explosion and he's not used any CGI. Yeah, I've got questions about this and I need to, I need to look into it more. I'm not... I'm out of the loop of Oppenheimer. I'm trying to go in blind. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the detonation's going to be like figuratively done. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, uh, he's not literally set off a new... I mean, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, but this is what I mean, though. Who knows? It's fucking Nolan. Who cares? Just let him do what he needs to do. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, do you want to play a game? Oh, yes, please. Okay, so the game this week is because we've been talking about the Insecticons, mm-hmm. I have found a website. Yep that tells me what certain things in a dream are supposed to mean. This sounds authoritative and scientifically backed. Definitely. I love so it. The pe- I mean, you have to go to university to know what a kaleidoscope means in a dream, right? I mean, like I, you don't just... You've got to go to university to be able to fucking spell what kaleidoscope is, so yes. Then what I'm going to do mm. is I'm going to pull three words mm-hmm. or three objects or scenarios or something that happens in a dream, and I want you to tell me what you think it means. Ready? I'm so ready. I was born ready. Give me a letter between A and Z. Uh, K. K. Okay. All right. <clears throat> kidneys. <laughs> what do kidneys mean when they're in a dream? Um. Uh. It means that you have uh some things in your life that would be good just filtering out and passing as urine. Do. Almost <laughs> spot on. That's kind of terrifying. Uh, so the exact thing is, since the kidneys are associated with how the body removes toxins, dreaming of kidneys can be portraying the idea that you need to process something or how your own feelings can become toxic. A good flush may be in order. I mean, on a spot. That is shockingly close. Unreal. Yeah, full point you, on man. that one. Told you, I dated a lot of witches. <laughs> <laughs> But what does what does a rose quartz do? I can tell you the answer to that. Give me a letter between A and G. Q for rose quartz. I said A and G, oh, but okay. that's fine. We'll go with Q. Um, <laughs> we're the you know, fuck my game, right? Who cares? <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with quail. Uh, a quail is a small bird, and therefore... It is. Uh, it's to do with feeling... Like you are powerless in your life and scared and you need to find shelter in some bushes and hide from hunters. I forgot that you were this posh. <laughs> and then I picked a really posh bird. Uh, so there's two scenarios and you're bang on. I've dated a lot of posh birds as well. <laughs> you are like bang on for the negative one. The quail does fly for short distances and may appear in a dream as a message about taking a more grounded approach. Right. The unusual top feather can symbolize a desire to have a feather in one's cap. If you are dreaming about the top feather of a quail, mm-hmm. I think it means you're a Tory. Yeah, 100%. Only, some, only the landed gentry know what one of those fucking looks like. <laughs> 100%. All right, one more, one more. One more. I'm doing suitcase. Uh, so- no, fuck you. I've just read the first word. You're going to get that straight away. We're not doing that. Sorry. Edit that one out. Ready? One back. <laughs> We're going magician. Magician. I am going to guess that dreaming of a magician mm-hmm. means that you have a twin brother 
whom you are sharing your life with, <laughs> one of whom loves Scarlett Johansson, and the other whom of yeah. whom cannot let go of their burning hatred of Hugh Jackman. Oddly specific. <laughs> Oddly close. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the dream is portraying you as a magician. So if you have been feeling stuck, mm-hmm. the message is to trust in your abilities and be open to new ways of seeing old situations. It's almost like saying, if someone is doing an old trick (laughs) in a new way, (laughs) you can just trust your intuitions and your abilities. I'm going to give you three points on that one, mate. mate. Quail was my bad. I dropped the ball on that one. I forgot you were posh as fuck. The first one, kidneys, blew out of the park, mate. I I like the fact that Quail had a a positive and a negative uh, interpretation. Yeah. Battery farmed quail. <laughs> nice. That was an electronics joke for those I, two people yeah. that know what the fuck I'm talking about. What there are, you gonna... are two people who listen to this podcast while soldering stuff who are chuckling their tits yeah, off right exactly. now. You've just made their fucking day. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> soldering irons. Tell more soldering irons about us. Uh, Please. Spread the word. What are you rating Inception, Ben? Uh, okay. Great story, great action, great sci-fi. Um, oh, this is going to be a six. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, this is great, this is great, this is great. Didn't enjoy it, six. <laughs> it's the the characters, man. The, yeah. the, the characters are a bit thin. I, I understand why I've, now. I've spent weeks going on is... about character motivations and characters being yeah, true dude. to life, and then we've dropped into action land, and suddenly you're like, yeah. oh, I get it now. <laughs> see i think prestige is like spoiled yeah. it's ruined me for yeah, yeah, yeah. nolan's character development because that is like untouchable mm-hmm. it's almost perfect oh there's 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 one there's it's almost there's perfect. one in the chamber mate don't worry okay okay chamber. Uh, i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it an eight <sighs> beautiful because it's it's a fucking great movie is, yeah i had loads of fun with it um the rewatchability is there yep always i think once you've done a bit of research yeah. And you know, sort of like you've seen Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. Spoil it, Michael Caine. We had a, hey, uh, we, had a, we, had a we had someone on our Discord point out the fact that he pronounces oh, his name shit, like yeah. Michael Caine, and Michael Caine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a Londoner talking about his cocaine. Don't touch oh, Michael Caine. Don't touch <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> oh, Michael Caine, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that was that was Fark or uh, Fark. I've never heard it out loud, but on our Discord, you should join Same. our Discord. Um, you should, and that's all. I mean, also, what are you just going to end the episode? Yeah, was, you rated it. You, you brought this movie to the that table. Ten, obviously, like, it's Nolan. It's, oh, it's okay. one of it's 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 top tier Nolan. <laughs> it's not the best like, Nolan, <laughs> but it's fat. Like I, I wouldn't bring it if it wasn't a fat ten. What are we talking about? I love that you were like, no. this is obviously a fat ten. I don't need to tell you this. Just, you know, oh, come on. Stop trying to Nolan the episode. You're trying to leave room for the audience to interpret their exactly. own fucking like Exactly. No one gives a shit about the ratings. <laughs> Go watch it. Go you make watch, your own exactly. mind. I ain't telling you. Yeah. I'm not telling you what films are good or not. I'm telling you what films I think are good. Right? Yeah. Um, What's the comment corner this week? Have we got any good ones? Comment corner got a bit controversial Mm -hmm. because we posted about Nazis on TikTok. Yeah, I thought this was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, let's be fair. It was was bound to happen. Um, But I'm going to gloss over some of the more Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) smooth-brained comments. I haven't looked on TikTok for that exact reason. (laughs) I'm going to go with... uh, one part of what Etoile on TikTok said uh, on our Blood and Gold 
What a shit take. (laughs) He's saying it's lazy. You think movies are for the education of the public slash propagandizing. I mean... Which Which leads me to the question, do you think movies have a responsibility towards the fact that they are putting information out there and how it's going to be received? Okay. Does a movie have social responsibility in mind? Yes and no. I think it has social responsibility to be conscious of what it's saying and how it's saying it. Yeah. But I don't think it has the the obligation to educate. I think it can educate. Yeah, yeah, can do. And I think it, it can entertain and it can do both. It can be nice when it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I, but also, there's no obligation for it to, to no. be educational. That's what documentaries are for. I think, That's what, yeah. like, I think you nailed it there. Your favourite movie is the educational one. What's it called? Book. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I think you made a good point there, which is I think a movie has a responsibility to know what it is saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. It has. It has to. It has to know what the effect it's having is and be comfortable having that effect. Yes, you can't put something out there and be like, "Oh, I didn't mean to say that." Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Fuck you. Do you do your due diligence? Like, (laughs) but again, just to reiterate, I don't think there's an obligation to do anything other than entertain. Just. Entertain. Yeah, yeah. Say what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. That's that's the be all. Uh, we've said it before. Give me, make me feel that the the time I've spent watching this movie has been time well spent. Mm. If you don't, if you do that, fine. <laughs> you know, that's good. But I think that's that's. A, I guess it's a good comment. It's a good comment. I mean, it's funny the way it starts is hilarious. <laughs> what a shite take! <laughs> so I love good. that. So good. I think the I think the mean ones are my favorite ones. Yes, yeah, you know what I mean. There's nothing better than to be humbled by an anonymous yeah. keyboard warrior on TikTok. Bad time to bring this up, but please do review us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for this week. I'm already going to have to edit out a fair chunk of this because we've we've been on a roll. Sorry, mate. No, mate. Before I end this episode, mm-hmm. I do want to come back to how are you doing. Oh shit! Yeah, um, oh, fuck! I thought I got away with it then. Uh, yeah, it's so it's a weird situation that I'm caught in right now. Right. It's kind of like I've got a tub of Lego in front of me, right? And I've yeah. built I've built four buildings: two on my left, two on my right. And there is just a shitstorm of like loose Legos and stuff that I need to do, mm-hmm. like just just out of reach. But I'm getting to it at my own pace, yeah. right? And I was just getting to a point where I was getting I was getting comfortable with my own pace. Mm-hmm. I was comfortable with my surroundings. I was I was able to keep on top of what I was building and make sure it was maintained correctly. And it it felt right for me, like I was comfortable. Yeah. And then very recently, it feels like I've been shoved <laughs> like. <laughs> two miles past that yeah, and I've yeah. knocked over the towers that I've built previously I'm now just fucking swimming in loose Lego tr- desperately trying to build any sort of foundation yeah 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 but the one thing that's helping me is obviously you oh thank you and buddy. this podcast and being held accountable mm-hmm. to all of you listeners it helps me immensely so sorry for whinging no you're not no, no 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 you've got you've but got also- just as much you've got just as much <laughs> of a right to feel how you feel yeah you don't have to. You don't have to earn the right to feel a certain way, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just one of them, and I think it's just getting older. You sort of stuff piles up quicker than you think it does, and if you don't start dealing with your shit quick, sharp, you you soon find yourself in a shadow of it. But to borrow from your analogy, and knowing you as well as I do, it really sucks. What's going on? 
it it sounds horrible but just be confident in the fact that you've built those lego houses before yeah you can build them again yeah, yeah. and if anything you've got access to more pieces now than you ever have looking at it man See, this is why I love doing this. <laughs> no, matter, I, no matter what I do to try and like cutesy up my mental problems, you're yeah, always yeah. there to sort of be like, yeah, but look at it this way, bud. Fixed. <laughs> Wasted that year on therapy, didn't you? <laughs> Fixed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a lot easier to, it's a lot easier to say than do. But no, I love you, man. Thank I'm you. sat there being like, yeah, stop, drop and roll, motherfucker, while my entire life is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this just switches week to week. Yeah. Like, next week I'll be on fire but a bit better and you'll be like, I've burnt my hand, I've broken my back, and also I shit myself on a bus. Oh, God, why would you say that? Just desperate for it to happen. Man, we're getting to that age. So join us next week when I'll have full trousers. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) until then, consume. (laughs) We got an outro. That That was just fun.